Human behaviour is complex, nuanced and often surprising. We can try to find rules, make predictions and also try and influence the behaviour of others. But when media messaging is so coordinated and government nudge units so effective, it's hard not to see a dark winter ahead where the public are manoeuvred and influenced into submission once again. How do they wake up? By listening to podcasts like this. I'm Andrew Elliott, I'm here with my brother Nick, and we'd like to welcome you to this special presentation of the Sounding Board podcast. Please share us with your friends to help them wake up from their slumber and rate us wherever you listen. You can go to soundingboard.com to find all previous episodes and blog posts. You can find us on Twitter, we're at soundboardpod, and on Telegram by going to t.me forward slash soundingboard. It's great to have you with us. I wanted to talk a bit more about Elliot's Law today because I found another example. Um, you might need to remind our listeners what Elliot's Law is. I've got it right here. This is Elliot's point. Law, not Elliot's Razor. Uh, I think you said it wasn't snappy enough to be a razor. <laughs> that, I think I think that's true. <laughs> that was I don't know. If there's any scientific, um, you know, kind of rules about what becomes a razor. Um, Elliot's Law was. I mean, it's kind of in. Let's get into it. It was in two parts anyway. Yeah. Um, and I thought, in case we've got any new listeners um, or people who've probably forgotten because it's it's been a while. Uh, I'll go tea, through, by the way. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I'll just go through Elliot's Law now. So it's it's in two parts. That's why it can't be a razor. I'm afraid. It's it's, it's a good law. I'm just saying. Well, it should be Elliot's laws, maybe. The first law of Elliot. <laughs> it's like thermodynamics. Um, so there's, there's, I'll, I'll, I'll read Elliot's through. first law. Yeah, I mean they're, they're related. They're very related. It's like Newton's laws. This is this is parte. It's a parte of Elliot's law. Okay. Uh, in politics, respect only flows one way in the direction of statism. Um, just expanding on that, people more statist than you are always misguided. People less statist are always dangerous yep okay and you see that the you know, more we, the more libertarian the more voluntarist you get uh it tends to get more extremely characterized as dangerous yeah but, but you always you you'll get people on the on the the let's say the center of the labor party who will talk very kindly about jeremy corbyn but it will never be the other way the, yes. the you know the the, the, the right wing is in their party which are you know, like your Blairites and, and these yeah. people, they they just want to perch. Yeah. Um, and it's the same. It's same the same. The Tory, with the Tory party, party and, and also so that's that's part A. The second part is part B. Part B is that the more you are demonised by people more statist than you, the more you demonise people less statist. So you if, tend to pass it on with interest. <laughs> so if you have a libertarian on a TV show. They will get more stick from the Conservative than they will from the Labour politician, for example. So, like James Dalingpole goes on goes on TV. Yeah, you know, people who should be more on his side will give him more stick than anybody else. The the person closest ideologically, almost, it's in, in the status direction. Yeah, it's it's it, it tends to be the more because don't, don't conservatives will get stick from from everybody as well. They'll get stick from yeah from you know from the left wing and Labour from the the cent, from centre left and the centre right. Yeah. Um, so they're taking on all this stick all the time, and then when they get this release valve that is you know James Dellingpole, Lawrence Fox, these people, they just they ba- they're and, basically siding and with the people attacking them. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, okay, if I if I if I attack this guy, I'm no longer going to be the punching bag. Yes, and, and I, I can yourself... look I can look reasonable yep. and sophisticated and compared to this yeah maniac mm. who just wants to privatise the roads. So that's that's <laughs> Elliot's law, or Elliot's laws. I, yeah. I'm quite liking the idea of uh, bearing in mind, you know, Newton's laws. They are related. Sure, sure. So, um, so, so maybe, maybe it's New- now Elliot's-, Elliot's first law, Elliot's second law. Elliot's first law, Elliot's second law, right. Um, so I saw an example of this, or I was reading about an example of this, yeah. outside of politics, ah. which is what I wanted to just to kind of... Because so far, the observation had been purely political. I, th- I think so. I think all the examples we've come up with... Well, when we're talking now, about authoritarianism and freedom, mm. then it's, it tends to be political. Well, so this was, and I was I was reading a book. Uh, actually, I was I was both reading and having it read to me. I've been I've been listening to audiobooks. Ah, I see. Um, and uh, if they're read by the author, I, I quite like it. I don't really like mm. other it's in people their reading. Yeah, yeah, I don't really like other people reading. Unless it's like a story, and you know, you can get someone reading Sherlock sure. Holmes and it's fine. Um, but if it's like a, a non-fiction book, then it's good to have the author. Um, and this was a book called America Before by Graham Hancock. Who I know, okay. I know you've come across in the past. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know who he is, he's an, uh, an author. Has been writing books for decades. He's appeared on Joe Rogan many times. I think him and Joe Rogan are actually friends. We've been friends for like twenty years or so. Yeah. Um, he wrote a book, uh, or the, the, his big breakthrough book was called. The Fingerprints of the Gods, which he wrote in 1995, I believe. Yeah. Um, and that's all about uh, how there could be like a, a lost civilization. Um, yeah. You know, prior to, you know, we, we, we think civilization started a few thousand years ago. There's evidence to suggest that it was actually, you know, far, far prior to that. And he's he kind of pulls together lots of evidence to suggest that there might have actually been quite an advanced civilization before this one before before that that influenced um civilizations elsewhere <coughs> so in the one that i've just read uh america before there's there, there are these kind of uh, civilizations in uh, and then i say civilizations they were like kind of hunter gatherers and people but they're kind of, mm. kind of building mounds and they're quite successful in like the amazon basin there's some in the mississippi valley but they share so much in common with the egyptians right and it's you know so it kind of suggests that there may have been one before that influenced both of them with yes. like the religious beliefs and that kind of thing. So he wrote Fingerprints of the Gods. He then wrote, uh, and I've, I've got to I've got to think before I get the get the name right. It's Magicians of the Gods, which was a sequel twenty years ago. And I keep right. thinking I, I see it in my bookshelf, and I keep reading Mansions of the Gods, which oh, is which is the asterisks. <laughs> Um, but it's Magicians of the Gods, which is like a sequel twenty years later that kind of expands. There's obviously new evidence, uh, you know, and, and that kind of expands on it. I think I think he was the one I. There was a, a Joe Rogan where they're talking about that place, um, Gobekli Tepe. Gobekli Tepe, yeah. yeah. There's been another one discovered as well since Karahan right. Tepe, which is like near nearby that they've kind of excavated. Got uh, it. I was reading about that recently. Yeah, fa- fascinating stuff. And that was like ancient kind of monolithic architecture from like twelve and a half thousand years ago or something, wasn't it? Go back and the point tapping. is, it's it's too early based on everything else that that scientists already know about the development of mankind. Sure, yeah. In sure. terms of going from hunter gatherer to farmer to whatever, it's like well, they wouldn't have had 
They wouldn't have had the time or resources to do these things unless they had already got more advanced in the first place. And that's generally speaking why there isn't evidence of this stuff is because literally you were, you know, hand to mouth, you were mm. surviving and that or, was it. Or they may have got they may have gotten help. You know, yes. one, one of his theories is that there were uh, hunter-gatherer, you know, kind of tribes, you know, all around the world. Yep. And there was an ancient civilization living alongside. And mm. that may sound strange, but we're quite an advanced civilization now and there are still hunter gatherer tribes of course you know all around the world and if there was some kind of catastrophic event that happened who's going to survive who's going to survive well it's going to be the hunter gatherers isn't it well and and joe rogan because he can yeah and, <laughs> well then who's going to have, have, have frankly killed themselves it's it's going to be the the advanced civilization that reaches atomic levels or whatever um uh, and destroys itself Sure, or it could leaving be leaving behind, or it could be, and this is this is where it kind of comes onto. There's there's this theory, and there's lots of evidence around this now um, that a comet hit the Earth. Yes, um, um, at the beginning of the kind of the Younger Dryas, uh, which kind of wiped out mm. almost everything. You know, li- almost everything. I mean, this thing was like, you know, like so many nuclear nuclear bombs, and and it kind of split into fragments, and each each one of these fragments yep. was like, you know, like they were like kilometers wide. These and things. we're talking nuclear winter scale. Um, oh yeah, stuff. yeah, and, and yeah. They've looked at the like the glass made from this, haven't they? Well, yeah, and it's what they find it. They find like kind of platinum and these other kind of metals yeah. that, that only appear when kind of asteroids yep. um, hit and, and that kind of thing. And anyway, so he's been doing, or well, he he was doing a lot of work with the Comet Research Group about this um, because they're they're just they're all into the theories about you know that yep. kind of obviously comets hitting the earth there was uh you know obviously the, the i think the, the the main theory now about what wiped out the dinosaurs was, was that a kind of giant comet comet hit the earth yeah wiped out the dinosaurs uh and then another one they think hit you know kind of that twelve and a half thousand thousand years ago yeah um or, or thereabouts um and he's been doing work i mean he pl- plugged them on rogan a few years ago yeah um the comet research group and he was giving a talk uh, that was being recorded and was released on YouTube, where he mentioned the work that the Comet Research Group were doing, um, yeah, specifically about you know investigations. And then he pivoted after that to talk about some other evidence. And he does this, bear in mind, he does this all the time. He's an author. He gathers evidence from lots of different yes. sources and tries to produce a theory that fits all of them. Yeah. And like in Fingerprints of the Gods, he said, look, you know, this is this is my theory. 20 years later, with more evidence, he's like, okay, well, this is now, this is what, now my theory. What, what I think. And he's he's updated um, he's updated fingerprints of the gods a couple of times, but he's kind of you know now it's like look new book. Yeah. Um, uh, so he's you know he does this all the time. He gathers evidence from from lots of different sources. He didn't conflate the two at all. He just moved from one to the other and kind of moved on to this other evidence from some other sci- another scientist, but it was yet to be peer reviewed apparently. Okay. And you've got to bear in mind that lots of these things, it's really difficult to get them to peer review because people don't want to review them. They don't want to be associated with these theories that go against the grain. The, the, the peer review process is far from infallible. Mm. Uh, it's far, it, it's, it's like it, it's it, it's a process. It's like regulation in that it yes. just helps to maintain the status quo. Yes, the the edge theory is mm. not going to get, as you say, it's not going to get as much traction. So he he gave, he gave this talk. Um, he talked about the comet research group. Then he talked about this other scientist and, and his views and, and and lots of other things. Um, and 
this YouTube video got sent around and people were picking up on the fact that in the same talk he talked, he mentioned this guy who was yet to be peer reviewed uh, or in this, yet to be peer reviewed on this topic yeah. um, with the comment research group and, and people were using it as a way to get at the comment research group saying, oh, oh you're... you're hell, that's quite the association, but yeah, okay. But what happened was the comment research group came on really hard on Graham Hancock saying, you can't do this again. Uh, don't mention this in the same breath as this, this other guy. And so he was, Graham Hancock got more stick from the current research group than, than others because and, and it's, right. it's, it's Elliot's law part B again, isn't it? This is the second yeah. law where the people who should be your friends and the closest to you are giving you the most just, stick. Just because, because they, they, they don't want to be seen as, as, as being, being, as the being crazy unreasonable, ones. as being the crazy one. So yeah. they, if they can point to someone else who's crazier, they'll jump at it. So I just thought that was an interesting example. That was that was in his latest book, which was, I think, written in 2019. So it wouldn't have happened that long ago. So okay, uh, and I've, obviously you, you, you've not filled me in on this before this podcast. So I'm trying to think of what that common trait is that would allow us to update this uh, Elliot's Law to be not specifically about about politics, because um, it is. It's almost like. It's whatever is considered outlandish or extreme or radical. But or... it's it's not even that because the the policies of the far left are 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 considered mm. extreme. I think radical is probably a better better word, which is why I'm saying outlandish. Mm. It's it's something that's considered more absurd in some way because that's why people you know people are so. Um, they're so brainwashed into thinking that you know you have to have a government that the concept of not having a government um, is is absurd to most people. To 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 more than ninety nine percent of people, the concept of having zero government, I would say, um, is it's almost it's almost something around going against the consensus, and which is why it works with statism because the whole thing of the the state is huge. It's it's almost representing. I don't know. Because this, this, this is really going against the consensus scientifically. But I wouldn't say the consensus uh, is for left-wing politics. I would say, if anything, the consensus is probably for right-wing politics. I don't think that will be borne out in polls and shit like that. But yeah, I sure. think yeah, yeah, even if you just look at England, England is more right-wing than left-wing. It, it's it, you're made to think it's not even even in even in 2019 before this came that, along that, sure. and, that, and, and America I mean. America as well exactly um, and it's the uh, they, they they play themselves as being more more lefty um, mm. but and look we can get into our definitions of alicartism and all this kind of stuff uh, and and hard centrism but again I th- I think that there is certain things are more acceptable than others. Now, you and I can look at them and go, that's crazy. It's crazy that an ideology that's killed um, you know, tens of millions of people in the last hundred years is considered now acceptable. It's Overton window stuff almost. Yeah, but it's, it's, the, it's the way that... So Elliot's law is you can still dislike the people on one side and on the other, but it's the way that they're described. So people who are more statists are always misguided or they've just got the wrong idea or they mean well, their heart's in the right place, but they've just got it wrong. But it's almost, um, you almost need to replace the word with mainstream. It's, 
I, I'm, again, it's, if we, we, we're not quite there. But I think with there with politics, I think there's probably another version of it that can yeah that can that can be used. Because, elsewhere. Yeah, you use the word consensus. I've just used the word mainstream. Mm. We're using as the other end of this outlandish and absurd. Um, but it's got nothing to do with truth or fact. As as in the absurd can be truth, can be fact. The outlandish can absolutely be fact. But if it's not accepted by the mainstream or by if, if it's if it's so far outside of the Overton window then it's rejected out of hand as being crazy tin pot I think yeah I guess the difference between the difference between science and politics is that you can be outside the Overton window so in politics Elliot's law is great because you can be outside the Overton window on one side and you're misguided you're outside the Overton window on the other side, you're a maniac. Yes. Whereas science, unless you go with a consensus, consensus, everything is you're well, a maniac. So that's what I was about to say. What are it's almost like the outlandish? What are the other? What, what are the equivalent of the left-wing scientific opinions? I, I think it's just everything we everything we know is correct, and it's again, it's it's the the whole the science is settled kind of idea. There was there was yes. this idea that these, but you see that isn't science, is it? No. No, it and, that, the and very that's opposite that's of science. Graham Hancock's argument in in all his books is like, look, I you know, I wish the scientists would be a bit more scientific about the way that they're <laughs> the way that they're doing it. You know, science is to be is to be challenged. He's like, when yeah. I when I have uh, any of my theories, he says, I'm not, I'm a scientist. I'm just an author. He's obviously very interested. Yeah, um, but prove me wrong. Yeah, I, I try and test them. Yes, um, and and they don't do that. And 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 things like there was this idea that the Clovis people were the, like the first to, to kind mm. of to make tools, and they, the, the kind of the mantra was kind of Clovis first, and to the point where they wouldn't even bother digging any deeper than how you know how deep they need to go to get these to Clovis, get the Clovis tools, and then stop, um, you know, because they, they, they just thought you know you know we already know that the Clovis people were the first, therefore that, we're not even going to we're not going to attempt to get any further. Is that confirmation bias? That's some kind of bias. I don't know whether it's that. But that's that's certainly um, uh, that's that's indoctrination of a particular theory, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and 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 specifically not looking to ever disprove it. Sure, because they've got. I guess again, they've probably got a lot invested in keeping what in keeping vested interest. Is yeah. what most of this is about, isn't it? They've got a lot interested in, you know, in or a lot of vested interest in, in keeping the status quo. So there would be, you know, if somebody found something that looked, that was older, and you know, like you know, in in somewhere similar, and they would suggest, okay, so where we've just been, why don't we dig a little bit deeper, see if we can find more there, find something else. No, no, we're not doing, we're not doing that. So the the comet people, that's unfair. The comet research group. I you see, I just think of the European research group. It, the comet research group sounds like a group of MPs. It does. The Comet people. What was the specific problem they had with this other scientist's ideas or findings? I don't think they had any issue at all with the guy's ideas, but because so he, hadn't, be he hadn't been peer-reviewed, other people could right, use... Okay, but that's, that's just snobbery then, isn't it? I don't even think it's snobbery. I th- I, th- I think that's that, I'm more scientific than you. No, I, I don't. Even, think it's, even if it's not, I don't think it's even that. I think that they took exception to the fact that other people were having a go at them for being associated with this guy. 
Do you see what I'm saying? It's not them. They were having right. a go at Graham Hancock. This is so complicated, right? <laughs> the Comet Research Group were having a go at Graham Hancock for mentioning the Comet Research Group and mm. another guy in the same breath because some other compl- other third parties were having a go at the Comet Research Group uh, because they were they were associated and they, they were saying, you are now associated with this guy because of Graham Hancock. So therefore, they went hard on Graham Hancock for mentioning them because these other guys had had a go at them for being mentioned. So this is like it's adjacency. crazy. It's crazy. It, it, it is. It's adjacency. Yes, it is. They, they were they like being were photographed. With. They were wacky scientific theory adjacent. <laughs> that, that's what they were. Um, I love that we actually do have these terms to describe this kind of stuff, and it's why I think we need to keep pushing on mm. Elliot's laws in order to refine them to the point where you can say, you know, I just said to you that's adjacency and you knew exactly what I meant. We need the kind of equivalent um, nomenclature and all of that to go with this. I think I think um, we almost hit it, hit the nail on the head earlier when we talked, and we, we need to think of this through a bit more, um, but when we talked about vested interests, mm. because that's the whole... So the scientific community, yeah. they have... They have lots of money uh, going to specific research, and they like to maintain that. Going can, to the trendy political and, and and all of that. Yeah, and and the people in receipt of that money yeah. uh, will try and, you know, they, they will uh, put the kibosh on peer reviews for stuff that's wacky because they want to have the money themselves. And if yes. suddenly there's some new theory about something else that proves to be right and that needs more research, they get less. So they're trying to keep the money with them. It's the same with politics in that if you're someone who advocates for less or let's say fewer politicians, or the, yeah. if you're if you're advocating, well, you're, you're a turkey voting state, for Christmas at that point. Sure, again, it's their vested interest. If they get someone who wants more state, that's fine because they're not going to lose their job, and they might get the job back again in in, in five years' time. You get a libertarian then, in, that could be it. But then you link the two together, and obviously politics affects science massively. Mm. And there's been, even if again, if you, if you discount and the last was, two this years, was, this was political. This was all political. Of course, even if you discount the last two years, there's there, yeah, politics and science have gone have gone hand in hand for, for decades, hundreds of years. And yeah, you know, climate change is the most obvious one. All the money in science for climate change goes to helping prove that it exists <laughs> and that it's man-made, not to try and disprove it. And so anyone trying to say, hang on a second, I think I've got a slight flaw in, in what you're doing here, gets no look in whatsoever. So the incentive is, to just, even if it's just to have a job in science, is to get funding for your pet theory that reinforces the narrative. And this will be the same as, and I, I don't know whether this happens or not, maybe we could, we could research at some point, but let's say someone was, on the, was saying that, you know what, climate change is basically rubbish. Mm. Um, um, but we should maybe do two or three things to, to, to combat it. Yep. And then you get someone else who says, no, it's all rubbish. And that person getting exactly. destroyed by the person who says, no, 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 we need to do these three things and you're just dangerous. Yes. It, it will be that. I mean, there are probably examples of that somewhere. Yeah. Um, this has been a useful conversation though because I, I, I want to get into the the terms the labeling the descriptions of it because mm. you're right it, it's going to exist there it's going to it, it does exist in politics well, I, th- I think it i think it's <clears throat> definitely political and it exists elsewhere because right so the point ev- is everything else becomes everything's political, political in that in that sense yes so what you're doing is you're trying to look after your own mm. and you're trying to make sure that you don't look 
absurd. Um, and lose your money. And lose, lose your funding. And lose your funding. Um, or lose... Again, it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be science. And lose um, interest. Uh, lose uh, exposure. Uh, yeah. lose uh, credence all, all of this sure I mean if you spent 20 years on a theory yeah. and it's suddenly been proven wrong you know it, it's you're it's going to piss all over it aren't you you're going to uh, 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 over the person you're going to you're going to come down hard on that on that person aren't you? Yeah. but the, these are it's this, it must be an, an an innate tendency possibly I mean it's if you look at but pe- people like Graham Hancock though they, you know they they's He's in the intro to his in the in, if you buy fingerprints of the gods now he's the intro says look there are mistakes in here you know he's kind of written a yes. one day intro so look there are, there are mistakes in here I've corrected a lot of them but it got to the point where I had to write you know I don't like yes. to do that forever so I've written another book Magicians of the Gods in 2015 which does it all again uh, which you know well it, it kind of expands and it's yeah. yes it's, it's related um, so he says like don't take this you know completely as gospel. Um, and he's, you know, when he gets new evidence, he embraces it, and it, you know, it gives him a wry smile. And he's like, ah, okay, right. So that's not quite what I thought, but let's, you know, let's. How can we move forward? Um, you know, th- and these people are behaving more scientifically than the scientists, which is just crazy, isn't it? I, you see, I think that is that's way more common than you think. I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Uh, there are, and and I suppose. You can use the term scientist broadly, but um, I, I think that I don't think it's a stretch to say that you and I and lots of other people have been more epidemiological than the epidemiologists. That we've been. <laughs> you, do, do you get what I'm saying? That pick pick your field, okay? Yeah, and and and, and this this comes again to that idea. That uh, we, when you get challenged and they go, like, oh, the, the 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 appeal to authority, the what are your credentials? Yeah, where's your medical degree? When talking about myocarditis, you know, you can't possibly have an opinion. Um, our point is, anyone can have an actually incredibly informed opinion. I think it does help if you're intelligent, but it's not an essential quality of of working this stuff out. No, you and just you don't. You, you just have need to be able to read numbers. Yes, for for a lot of it, for or, a lot of it, or um, or have a sense of logic. Mm. Um, the, these aren't you know, there's different qualities that you can use, um, and you certainly need to weigh things up and use a bit of what used to be called common sense. And it and that the 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 expert class and those that support the expert class, um, they. They can't abide that, and they have to destroy that. If you come up with your edge opinion, then the first thing they do is they come after you in that credentialism way, don't they? Oh yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, any, any way they can, but that's probably the first the first yeah. way because it's it's the most obvious. Um, but yeah, any way any way at all they can um, they can destroy your argument. I, I kind of I I kind of want a term for because the the expert class exists, but those that support it those that push it those that defer to it are they like guilty of ex- shill, people shilling for the experts. yeah are they so are they guilty of expertism are they expertists or because it's, it's a thing isn't it i mean it's kind of elitism in, oh, a, in a way absolutely elitism but it's a specific kind of elitism it's mm. one based on perceived expertise 
in the public eye. I mean, and, and often it's. I mean, you can you can forgive a certain amount of perceived expertise, but it's often perceived expertise that has been proven wrong time and time again. <coughs> yes, and is provably wrong now. Yes. Um, you know, it's worse than just having a degree and, 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 and that being it or having worked in a field for a certain amount of time and perhaps this is the first time they've been wrong. This is, no, 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 these guys have been wrong and wrong I, and wrong and wrong. I trust the guy wrong. physically working in a field more than all of these people. <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, I was, I tell you what, just, just as a bit of a, bit of a sidebar, um, I w- I've been collecting headlines um, As in, like your favourite headlines? Um, just about. I, I nearly, I nearly suggested to you the other day that we each come with our tweet of the week, <laughs> stuff like that. It was going to turn more into uh, a regular show. Well, this is but... this is unfortunately this isn't re- this isn't funny because right. this it's it's tragic and it's shocking. Okay? okay, I've got a whole bunch of headlines. Right, you love a list. The first one. Climate change is changing babies in the womb. They are more susceptible to heart disease. So it's just prepping. It's prepping kids for heart failure. The, right. So this, that's, that's the double whammy, though, isn't it? That's the oh yeah, and the normalizing yeah. yeah the normalizing of heart problems in in the younger generations and give us more money for climate change and uh, and we need to the only way we're going to solve it yeah. is with is with climate change. This is one I've seen in a, a few a few <coughs> times. Up to three hundred thousand people facing heart related illnesses due to post pandemic stress disorder. One physician, have you heard that PPSD? I I have, um, and I need to think about who it was. It might have been Steve Kirsch. Um, I'm, I'm subscribed to a number of people on Substack now, the the, the, the cancelled scientists mm. and, and journalists. Um, and I think it was him that wrote a, a, a great short piece comparing uh, comparing that to, to good old-fashioned PTSD. Well, people with PTSD in wars don't suffer from these from myocarditis. None, and and it, the, he summarised it right at the end. You're absolutely right. Uh, at Heart conditions are not part of PTSD, uh, and it was if you got you got PPSD, then you've got to go and see a cardiologist. If you have PTSD, you go and see a shrink. That's that's the difference between these yeah, two things. Sure. They they cannot be conflated. Meaning, it's bullshit. Obviously, because yeah. I, I I tweeted something when I first saw it, saying I have, uh, I think I have a mild case of CTSD, which is current tyranny stress disorder. Yeah, which is. Yeah, more likely. That, just as made up. Yes. Um, well, so obviously the uh, the only people su- suffering from this. That's another point I made. Are the, the vaccinated? vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> this is. It's just a complete coincidence that it's only the vaccinated with these symptoms. They, they just need to re- remove and change a couple of words. These are post-vaccine disorders. Mm. That's it. That that's PVDs. it. Yes. There's one here that's um, uh, slight, maybe slightly cleverer. Risk in heart attacks attributed to pandemic stress and poor diet. And there's a picture of some bacon and eggs but that's a great that's like the best breakfast you can have yeah but yeah that, that's what they're that like is, attributing it to that is my breakfast most mornings yeah me too I've, I've bacon and eggs almost every I sometimes have a couple of sausages I have either sausage and egg or bacon and egg sometimes mushrooms or I do have some mushrooms sometimes black but really yeah well, I suppose fried they're not, mushrooms I suppose they're not really a vegetable they just taste good like if, you don't, if you don't have black pudding haggis Slice yeah, of haggis I've, I've only Scottish ever had breakfast. haggis for breakfast in Scotland. Oh, it's amazing. 
and it was good haggis yeah, at that. Yeah, you, you, you got to get a go to Waitrose or something. Get a get a decent one. Yeah. Um, another one. Researchers warn that cold weather can cause blood clots and heart attacks. Right. Hang on a minute. Are you going to start talking about winter vagina? No. So that I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That one was really clever because it had ev- it had everyone talking about winter vagina. Yeah. But in the back of their mind, they had myocarditis and blood clots. And cold is to blame. Sure. Cold um, bad. Cold causes problems. And th- that th- was th- very clever, I thought. And, that and this what this one here, again, with the cold weather, what it's saying is heart attacks imminent for lots of the population. Yeah. Because it because it's it's gonna be the winter. Um Okay, here we go. Shoveling snow linked to risks, including heart attack. Paramedics <laughs> warn after two calls within an hour. What? It's the shoveling snow. It's not the, it's not the vaccination you've had 24 hours ago. It's the shoveling snow linked to heart attacks. So, right, hang on a minute. They could have done that. Pick another time of the year. Um, flying a kite. You know, two drop dead while flying a kite. Mm. That's just the association with summer. And that's just the association with winter. That's just... That's, that's just I've got, I've got one more. Annoyed. I've got one. This is, this is the last one. A new theory on sudden cardiac deaths in young athletes... The genes that make some people vulnerable to a fatal heart stoppage may be the same ones that give them an athletic edge, researchers suggest. Which is mean, if you see these elite athletes falling down, professional footballs, that kind of thing, it's because they've got good genes. It's it's because they're really good at it. (laughs) But how sinister are all of those? Yeah. It's it's just... Right, okay. uh, Okay. It winds me. I'm, I'm, I'm okay, seething. Take, right. So, that. so take take that feeling, okay, and explain to me how that is not coordinated. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. So, explain to me your understanding of of how you think that's that's coordinated. Um, I think the big one. So, it's money. The, the the big answer is money. Yep. Um, breaking it down slightly, slightly more, governments spend hundreds of millions. Yep. Um, you know, in advertising. Yeah. Um, and if the papers, if the corporate press don't print or you know or have online the stories that they like, they could get that advertising pulled. It's not just governments. Bill Gates spends hundreds of millions yes. advertising as well, and he's not the only one as well. Um, lots of lots of uh, what do you think the mechanism is? So forget the monetary transactions. The monetary transactions are important, absolutely. Um, that's what gives them the the, the, the chokehold. Um, is it that they just send around their emails every week and say you should do a story on on these, and the editors go to their journalists? Here's an, here's another story for you to do, and they all have a slightly different one. Yeah, I, th- is I it think literally that simple. I think there will be. Like it'll be really subtle, and there'll be an email that will go around to perhaps editors saying, "Oh, look at these scientific studies," and it will be as simple as that. And then they'll, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's 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 better take a look at this," and they'll, and they'll know exactly which angle to take if, because if, they're well trained at that point. Well, sure. I mean, I could if I because there must be them. Then these people must also lean on them and say, "I didn't like that story yesterday." Mm. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. We, we we think that is the case. Yeah, and it will be it will be. Okay, and these are the this, stooges of these people, obviously. Bill the, Gates isn't picking up the phone, but no, no, it'll be someone saying, "Okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna cut your budget by ten percent this month because we didn't really like that." So yeah. you're gonna get ten percent month. Yeah, ten percent less this month, yeah. but you can redeem yourself, and then 
they'll they'll learn what to do. Yes. And over time, it's yeah, it's as simple as that. And they'll they'll have they'll have the government probably people from the government saying the same thing as well. So we we like using the term um, corporate media, yeah. Um, but I I kind of feel like that doesn't do it enough justice either. Bearing in mind that unless you want to argue that the government is a corporation. Um, well, yeah, because it's diff- it's kind of in America, the corporate press is great because it gets the left on your side because they they, they don't like the yeah, word corporation. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just we have the, the B- we be, they don't have the BBC. They don't have the BBC exactly. And that's why it's completely different over here. Yeah, but are we saying that the government of the US aren't funding any of these? Oh no, of course they are. So it's they are. so they, they, they corporate doesn't quite fit, does it? It's part of it. But it needs to be more, more than that. It's the it's the Mussolini definition of corporations, <laughs> where they're embedded as a merger between corporations and the state. That's textbook fascism. The state having con- some kind of control over the press. Yeah, but it, but as I say, it's not just the state. It's the, it's the corporations as well. It's not a state-controlled corporation controlling the press, which would be no. I mean, I mean, the press are corporations, and the the states have. Oh, yeah, there they are an arm of the state. They are the narrative delivery service. The, the, the propaganda. Yeah. But, it, but, because, but in, in the way that... So you could argue that the BBC is like... It's like... You know, it's, you, you could say that's state media, couldn't you? You know, oh, like, you know, totally. you, could, you could call it state TV, the, the same way they, they call state TV in, in the Middle East and stuff. You know, yep. it's like state TV. And that's, you know, inarguably left-wing, I would say. You know, because it's owned by the state. Um, you, it's paid for by a tax... Oh yes, um, in terms of ownership, pu- yeah. public sector, public ownership. It's as much as the NHS. There'll be private bits of it sure. in terms of outsourced, but it's publicly funded. Absolutely, and, and there'll be there'll be contractors and what Ex- have you. But it's exactly. public, not, publicly yeah. funded. Yeah. It's, it's a public institution. Um, whereas in America, and I, I guess you've got that over here as well, where you've got like newspapers and stuff that are getting their advertising advertising yeah. paid for by the by the state. Uh, that's more fascism. When when you've got when you've got the government saying, "We'll pay for all your advertising." But you have to print exactly what we want, and these are yes. These are the There's topics. no ownership. No, but there is. This is control. There is control through money. So that's more fascism than than the communist BBC. Where, where the hell are the communists arguing against this? You know, this goes back to your point of they all shouted fascism when there really wasn't that much of it around, and now they're nowhere to be seen when actual fascism is here. That was exactly my point. I, I think they just view fascism as a stepping stone to communism because we just need to, if we can increase the this size of your the, blog post, we can increase the size of the state, and if we can, you know, reduce the number of corporations, think, we'll nationalise the buggers in five years' time. Do you think they're feeling any conflict whatsoever? No, <laughs> uh, I don't think they feel anything at all. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think so because I, th- I think they, they, they and it's like it's the next best thing if we can't own it we'll control it so they don't really hate the, the, the communists and the, and the left wingers they don't really hate fascism yes it's all. all for show it's, it's, all, it's, it's all purely show. for show they might um, hate they, they, I mean lots of them like open borders okay yep. so they don't like they don't like closed borders um, and they associate that with fascism but that's the only kind of example that they ever give when they talk when they talk about fascist states and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, you want to you, you don't want to let any foreigners in. It's like that's like a tiny tiny amount of fascism. Yeah. Um, now, uh, an organisation like the Gates Foundation, 
sure. or you know George Soros, all of these, all of these guys, um, and the ones that managed to stay under the radar. Oh, I'm sure there of are which loads there are plenty. We know we know nothing about. Yeah, um, uh, ab- absolutely. They by by virtue of being corporations, um, oh, whatever trusts, whatever not not governments. Um, they aren't explicitly linked to one jurisdiction, and you know the Gates Foundation is a great example. Funds everything everywhere. <laughs> Funds everything from the FDA, WHO, the MHRA over here in the UK, the Telegraph, the Guardian, the everything. Um, so in order to get a message across to um, lots of different entities across lots of different countries. Then you just send your round robin email out saying, oh, "Have you had a look at these studies?" And we don't like what you printed last week, and etc. Uh, so that's fine. When it comes to governments, okay. Now the governments we've recognised are funding the media as well, and they will do the same thing. But what I'm what I'm saying is that there must be some level of coordination at the government level, or a, or something above the government level, in order to coordinate. The, those stories have appeared not just in the UK. Oh, it's 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 completely above governments. So what's that? Why why do you think they also build back better? That is not a coincidence, right? I I, I want to get into this because normally when I'm I'm the one saying we're all going to hell in a handcart, and I want to put a bit more meat on the bones of what of what what you think about this notion of. Um, the classic conspiracy theories of, yeah, of, see, I'm of not, cabal and elite. I'm not, and I'm not really sure. You don't have to be. That's why fine. it's happening. It could be. Don't it, worry about the motivation. I like as in okay, as in as in individual motivations. Because I would have expected some, more, certainly, like in this country, or there, there to be some opposition, and it's almost. And again, I have no evidence for this at all. Absolutely no evidence. That's but fine. It's, it's it's almost as if someone who's above the politicians, as in and, and above like kind of you know governments and stuff, has got something on every single politician, and they're yeah. afraid to to get their let their kind of their secrets out. It's almost like there's there's, there's some kind of supranational whip that's controlling yes. everything. And I've got no evidence for that, but it's it just seems strange that there isn't more. Or there aren't more politicians going against. So that would, I mean, that would assume, or that would lend credence to the idea that there is almost an initiation that you get to a certain level and you get shown the secrets that you get actually deliberately pushed into compromising situations in order that that they they video and they and they exactly and so and so they say to you, "I'm going to give you the keys to the city." But you're also going to do this, so I've got got one over you. Um, it was uh, right, uh, the House of Cards, um, the American House of Cards, literally right. the first first season, and um, uh, Underwood um, specifically gets, and with her agreement, the the, the journalist uh, that he's that he's that he's seeing and using, he specifically gets photographs of her doesn't she tell him to take photos it's it's the deal they have absolutely but the point is that's the agreement she wants the information he's got so she willingly lets him take these uh you know basically these nude photos of her so that she won't betray him because she knows that he will expose these photos somehow 
Um, and and that's that. It feels like that's the deal you get. Yeah, although the, the you in some way. Yeah, al- although you're not really. I mean, the, the the people at the top. I mean, it's, so Alex Jones has done stuff, and he did stuff on this like twenty years ago. Of where course. He kind of inf- infiltrated these places and snuck into the woods and stuff. Oh, didn't he? the names of these secret societies yeah. on these meetings. Oh, what's it called? Bohemian something. I can't. Remember. Bohemian Grove. Yeah, something Grove, isn't it? That's um, the one he snuck into, I think. Yeah, and there are, there are YouTube videos, that, that, you know, from like kind of probably twenty years ago or something, where he's he's. he's if all they were that. doing was chanting in the woods, then it would be fine. The thing is, they like you say they get they probably get these people drunk. Um, and they or high or drug or, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. and they get them to do things that they are they really wouldn't do under any other circumstances take pictures or, or tape them or whatever so they've now got they've now got stuff on them <coughs> yep. for, for life it's like you don't want to be you don't want these pictures to yeah. you know, to be sent around to every newspaper on earth um, certainly not once you're president or whatever yeah um, and uh yeah, so I, I, yeah, there's probably there's probably some of, some of that going along, you know, the whole kind of David Cameron in a with a pig's head or whatever. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but you know, <laughs> that that's probably that just sounded so mild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, I, when I was reading about that, um, that sounded like a a jape to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I just I thought it was worth. Talking a bit more, we we there's def- there's definitely evidence of coordination there. What it is, I yes. don't know, but there's there's just it's too much for for you know no every single politician in the West is talking about building back better, right? So that's the World Economic Forum. Sure, okay, that that specifically came so from there, but they must have influence then with you know with with yes, with, you look at the board members and the people who are you know full on signed on members or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's Klaus Schwab that. Created that term, I think, wasn't it? And one assumes the Great Reset. Mm. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's definitely said that a number of times. Well, he wrote a book entitled it. Mm. So it's that that that's that's his thing. But it it can't just be yeah it it, it can't be for example unless you disagree. It the, the World Economic Forum is not this group that has everything on everyone that. No, I think I think there's um, I think there are lots of people who can see the opportunity with having the world operating in one way and the state gaining power, and they'll think, okay, this is we're, this, we're onto a good thing here. Let's go along with it. Um, and it's it's that converging opportunism again. There are probably lots of lots of people with lots of different aims, but at the moment it's all convenient. They all go along together. And we'll work out the details do you, later. Do you think that is an important point? The the idea that they don't all have to agree. Of course they don't. No, not at they all. They just have to have um, compatible, current compatible aims. Individual things that currently happen, enough of them just have to have the same Yeah, or, one. or they all have to have aims that would be compatible with a social credit system. Doesn't matter yes. what your aims are, but yes. if, if we can get this social credit system up and running, then we'll worry about who's in charge down the line. Let's just get think, it in place. Do you think that? So yeah, the concept that there are there are multiple groups is a, is a fair one, obviously, um, as opposed to there is just this you know elite that agree between themselves to control things. In some and it way. could it could be it could be completely different aims as well. You could have one that want the social credit system. Yeah. 
Okay, so they're they're going along with all the COVID regulations, the vaccines and everything, because they see vaccine passports as the way forward. There could be a completely another group that want to kind of depopulate. I know you've mentioned that before. Yes. Let's get rid of a few people. Yeah. Um, So that could be their aim. And they're, they're two completely different groups. But the vaccines kind of serve two purposes for that. I mean, you've kind of got to want... If you're the ones on the vaccine passport social credit system side, you've got to be you've got to be happy with the death to get there. Even if depopulation isn't your a- absolute aim. It's yeah, it's um it's acceptable collateral damage, I guess yes. is probably how they would view it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I just I think it's worth I think it's worth pushing on the um the conversion opportunism thing mm. um because I don't think I don't think enough people um, talk about it or talk about how there are these kind of innate ways that human beings want want to act, and you know, even the psychopaths at the top, because it, 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 that's what they are. If you ha- if you're thinking about humanity in these abstractions, then you have to be, I think. Um, and there is a common thread with all of them, uh, and it's that they all want power, uh, and and I think that that. That's not giving enough. Um, that's not giving enough credence. That they all want power. It's it, money. Money is just a part of it. Money is a means to an end. Money helps. Um, if you've if you've if you've got ridiculous amounts of money, then you can get the power. If you've got ridiculous amounts of money, you don't need to worry about money. And I think money probably motivates the you know Pfizer and the, and the vaccine producers. Yes. You know, yes. just just make an mRNA vaccine. Yes. Just focus on the spike protein, and we will give you unlimited amounts of cash. Yes, so sure, I, fine. I showed you that. I showed you that graph, didn't I? Of um, of the amount of money that the pharmaceutical companies were, were making year on year. Mm. It might have been just the US. It could have been global. Uh, like the last twenty five years, and the proportion between generics, branded generics. And you know, full on branded it, drugs, it was and going it was just dropping like down, a down, stone. down, and then it went like it was like a hockey stick, wasn't it? Classic hockey stick graph based on twenty twenty. Mm. Um, but the but the point was, they were in need of of a boost, <laughs> an, an injection of funds, <laughs> um, and well, look, even in twenty nineteen. They were. They've all on the, the, the videos. Have done the rounds enough now. Yeah. Where they're all there talking with Fauci, saying all we could really do with is some kind of universal flu vaccine. And if if something came out of China, like out of a bat cave, yeah. then we'd be able to make all these vaccines out of this new mRNA, mRNA technology. Yeah. Yeah. Because all their all their profits were were well down. Um, yeah. And they needed to inoculate themselves against risk, I guess. And- oh. They're all so, coming out. They're all, they're all coming out now. Can, can we move? Can we move on to something a little bit more current? Yep. Um, and this is as in today current. Or? Yeah, yeah. But this is it's uh, it's this this is so this is a tweet from today from from someone I know annoys will annoy you as much today as today is December eighth. Yes, twenty twenty one. A date that will live in. Oh, we know we're really close to that actually, aren't we? That that's is that's December seventh, isn't it? We're one day off. From a date that will live in infamy. Sorry, uh, I, I digress. Um, so this was, a t- and this this isn't just about the specifics I'm talking about now. Yeah, uh, I want to kind of talk about a little bit more about um, 
how we kind of make our arguments and stuff. But this is a tweet from Andrew Lillico. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about Andrew Lillico. Please, right. please say you've got you've got the same same angle as me. I well, so this is this is one of the tweets he. he I mean, he's been he lost rubbish. his head. I mean, he's been probably multiple times. He's been rubbish for ages. He's been particularly bad today. This was one that stood out. You know why though? From carry on. From a from a, a whole host of, of awful tweets. So this this one this, he tweeted this today, um, one o'clock. Okay. Why is everyone suddenly talking about vac sports today when the most recent data on Omicron's lack of eva- lack of evasion of the vaccines is so encouraging for us in the UK? The news is getting better at the moment, not worse. Exclamation mark. So why the talk of imminent new restrictions? I mean, aside from the fact that that, that didn't age well after about four or five hours when the, the new restrictions of the vaccine passports came in. Um, I just wanted to, to, to talk a bit about... So there are different ways of, of arguing against restrictions. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there's, there's the moral way, ah, okay? Yes. And then there's the we don't need them way. And and I've been listening to I've been listening to part of the problem a little bit, you know, with with, with Dave Smith and, and yep. Robbie the Fire Bernstein, brilliant <coughs> podcast. Um, and he talks he's talked a bit about, and I think Pete Quinones might have come up with this, but he talks about not living in Ankapistan in your head. Okay, and I, <laughs> right. and I I really I really get that for a lot of things because you know when you're talking about like borders, for example, yeah, in an ideal world there wouldn't be any state borders, but there'd be private borders. But yep. we do live in the real world, so you need to, you know, you need to kind of argue about the now. Um, but I think, so I always like to, if I can, I like to argue the kind of the moral way that sure. we should do things. Um, I don't like to, to talk about, you know, the, how, how vac- we shouldn't have vaccine passports they because they're not needed, yes, or because they don't yes. work. It's yeah. b- because they're they're immoral. And people like Andrew, um, who are certainly letting the name Andrew down. <laughs> They they talk about things like okay so he's he's against vaccine passports now and restrictions because because they're not needed, but the whole reason that they can do this is because idiots like him were fine with it. So in in these circumstances, you absolutely need to to argue the the moral ground and say no 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 I don't care if they're needed if they're yeah. needed the private sector will come up with a way. Yeah, you don't mandate this kind of stuff. There should be no state restrictions, no vaccine passports. No, you know, mandates for mask wearing and social distancing and all, and no lockdowns. It's like absolutely categorically wrong, and you just need to shut it down as soon as possible. Because if you start saying, "Oh, we need it in an emergency," they'll create an emergency. Of course they will. So I just wanted to rant about this prick for. Well, allow, well allow me to. Have you got more color? A bit more uh, with uh, with Andrew Lillico. I back in my Twitter days, I used to follow him pre. You know, pre-pandemic, uh, and I used to read his articles. I used to subscribe to the Telegraph. I used to read his articles. Uh, I used to find them reasonably insightful. You know, what? Not one of my favourite, but I would I would read his stuff. Um, and then they just they, they got to this point where I had to I had to unfollow him, and I don't mm. I, can't, I can't even remember what it was about. Um, then then I followed him again for a bit. Then I unfollowed him again for good. And then only came across some of his stuff occasionally through through you, through someone I followed, what, whatever. Um, but specifically on um, on COVID, uh, what I found most amusing most recently was when this was only a few months ago when they even put down the notion of Plan B. 
yeah the the winter plan yeah and people were going there we go look they're planning it plan b is vaccine passports and restrictions and masks and this and that and this and that and he was falling over himself even coming up with analogies like do you put a pizza in the oven if you're planning to cook a curry or something like that it's like no the pizza's only there if your curry doesn't work yeah and you, you know so you're not you're not planning on on you know putting the pizza in the oven but it's there if, if it's there if you need to stop saying they're bringing in vaccine passports they're they're they're, they're, they're not doing that and i remember thinking at the time this is this is such wishful thinking it's but such that, is nonsense that, that, is, is he saying they're not planning on doing that but they have a plan that is exactly what he was saying and i think he almost said it in those terms it was it was that ridiculous but obviously the whole the whole point is plan b was plan a of course it was yes you know that i know that lots of people know that he's supposed to be clever how could he not see that? And I mean, I, I I did look at his feed today deliberately, only because he, I, I remembered him talking about how, oh, Plan B is not going to happen. Don't stop stop saying Plan B is going to going to happen. It's just on the show. One Knowing that one would, o'clock this afternoon, he was saying it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I um so so I I wanted to go and check out what he was doing, and and again he's he he's he's there now, and he, he what's his other favourite pastime saying. In quotes, I'm not a libertarian. You must have seen you must have seen his tweets on that. Yeah, for se- several times. Yeah, okay, and he was at it again today because people, as soon as he mentions authoritarianism, but it's authoritarianism in his terms, as as you say, he's all for practical authoritarianism. He's all for authoritarianism in a defined emergency by the government. But if you can't justify it, then that's just tyranny. And and so as soon as anyone says to him, "Well, oh, that's just your, that's just a libertarian view," he's like, "I'm not a libertarian." That, that's that's his thing. I find him now a comical figure. Oh, he used sure, to annoy me. Sure. Now he's just comical. And then this stuff, it came back to bite him today. And I don't know whether people have dug out his tweets about the fucking pizzas or whatever, but that that was amusing. And he's and he's been shot. That didn't age well. Um, but there must be there must be so many others out there still like that. It just amused me that because you knew you knew that his tweets from months ago weren't going to wage well. Yep. But like on the day on the day that these restrictions came out, he was still saying there is nothing to see here. It's like you remember Comical Comical, Comical Alley. Alley holding his hand the and saying Information Minister. They are nowhere near the <laughs> no nowhere near Baghdad. They, the tanks are a hundred miles away, and you can hear them in the background. They are committing suicide <laughs> against the walls of Baghdad or something, wasn't it? Yeah, um, that's that that that's him. Um, but, but now, yeah. but now, so uh, later in the day, all his stuff is just about how unnecessary it all is. Yeah, and he does and so the, again. He, he does the kind of by the numbers addressing the Prime Minister, doesn't he? Dear Boris, this is unacceptable. That kind of stuff, which is just so about the only thing I support. About the only thing I support in his feed today was him saying, "I've worked from home for the last five days. I'm going to be in the office next week." Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, I, I did. See, I, I did see that one. And I want, I want everyone to think like that. He should have done that in March of last year. But again, he's only doing it because he thinks he's clever and he thinks he's nailed what COVID is. He's doing it based on faulty numbers and he's doing it based on crazy premises 
and he's bought into the narrative. And do you know what? It is worth re- remembering. I read an, I read a really long article um, a couple of days ago on um, Zero Hedge, yeah, about the PCR test and about how flawed the PCR test is. And it actually goes into some goes off on some tangents uh, about human behaviour and bureaucracies and all, all this stuff and, and other examples. Uh, it's a good article. Um, very very long but the the key fundamental point is you just can't trust it you can't you cannot it is the wrong test for the wrong thing it talks about that outbreak of whooping cough that mm. never was all all of that stuff um you know the the, the these are these are false pandemics uh, based on these tests that you know Carrie Mullis, the inventor the nobel prize winning inventor of the test said don't use the test for doing stuff like this um he mysteriously died you know immediately before sure, the pandemic etc sure. etc et um but I think it's worth reminding, it's worth, it's worth saying to the people that you know, even that are still on your side, that you've got to remember that all this is built on lies. The, the COVID deaths aren't COVID deaths. And in fact, that's, that's conflated in so many different ways because it's with COVID, not of COVID. The with is based on a test that, doesn't, that can't test for the virus in the first place. It's within 28 days... Um, and they were probably bumped off with midazolam. It, there's the, the only way that could, that could possibly be worse is if they were still alive. That could be the only way that that data could be any more wrong. <laughs> yes. Is if these people are still alive because everything is wrong about it. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's only the binary that they are dead that yes. probably is probably right. Although I'm sure some will probably some be of them probably are. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the same applies to the same applies to. Cases, the cases, obviously, the case numbers are based on these are based on these tests, whether they're lateral flow or, or whatever else. Um, but it's it's important to note that you can destroy all these arguments from that base level, and you have to not buy into the numbers, or at least you have to qualify your statements. I like saying, even on their own even terms, by their own standards, sure, yeah, yeah done that before. this yeah this doesn't stack up, and you can use those arguments within climate change, within within COVID, within within all sorts of stuff. Um, but the whole thing's wrong. As soon as somebody says to me, oh, it's okay, the case numbers are coming down. I was like, but if they want them to go up, they'll go up. Like, there was another, someone did another Freedom of Information request in the last week um, of a council, I think, um, about asking their PC, PCR count, uh, cycle thresholds up at 45. Like, anything over 28 is not going to find even the things that don't confirm that it's the virus. So, it's, it's it's fake, it's scamdemic, <laughs> the whole whole bloody thing. Do you want to do you want to end on something a bit more positive? Go on then. Okay, so this is now that you and I aren't going to be allowed to go to large venues and do anything. Not that I really have any interest in in that kind of thing at the moment. No, but don't don't fall into that trap. No, I just not. It, I I guess it would it would depend it would depend on the event but i don't really want to go anywhere where the majority of people are wearing masks anyway agreed it, that that's the thing agreed it, it would it would dep- i wouldn't i would i don't yeah i don't want to fall into the trap of becoming a recluse um but i i i, I have no interest in, in in it's not normal no yes it just makes me feel i have I've been it's i've been horrible. to shops a few times and i've you know if you go to you go to some shops not too bad um Go to Waitrose, and you'd probably be the only person not yep. wearing a mask there. Yep. And to give this staff their due, everyone was very friendly, waving, saying hello, not regardless, not even looking at me funny. Yeah, you know, it was it was fine. But you just you just feel odd. I, I agree. Um, I heard. Okay, before we get on to the to, to, to the to the ending, um, 
I was chatting to um, a friend of mine who's well, okay. So he's it's a guy I've known for a while uh, who owns a shop, and I found out a year or two ago that it was my mate's uncle. Right. Um, so <laughs> kind of, kind of, you know, name reason well um, owns a shop. Um, who, where I buy my um, protein milkshakes and supplements and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, really nice guy, um, jacked. Right, this guy is huge. Okay, I mean you'd expect a guy to run that kind of shop to be to be big. He's he's a, he's a big guy. Fully jacksonated. Fully, fully jacksonated. Yeah, for sure. Um, and um, actually, if I remember when he, because he got he got the coronavirus quite early on. Right. Um, uh, and was kind of you know had to shut his shop for for a short time, um, right? But yeah, anyway, so he he got over it. Um, he was telling me that these stories about so there was there was someone he knew who had I think had a little girl, and you know the I think was it him or somebody else? I think I think some some somebody took off a mask anyway at some point, and the girls the little girl started crying because it was because she was just so used to seeing everyone with masks on. Mm. As soon as people started taking off their masks. She, she she didn't didn't like it at all. This little this little toddler, and there was, uh, and I remember him mentioning that there was some woman he knew with a young kid, who used to bring the kid into the shop, with the with the buggy, um, so the kid could see people normally because she knew that people in this shop were fit and healthy people who didn't give a shit about wearing masks. Yes, so she people could like go, you. She could go into this shop and know that people weren't going to be masked up. So she could just kind of, you know, let her kid have like a normal experience of seeing yeah. people, because that was the only time she could do it. Going goes in every other shop, everyone's masked up, but she specifically used to go and say hello to this guy and take a kid in there so the kid could see people's faces. Anyway, if you, I don't know if you've read any Hemingway. Um, I don't think I have. No, but that, so there's a quote that you might be aware of and it's a quote from one of his I can't remember which book it was actually I did research this but it's a book he wrote in like the early 60s and it was where one of the characters gets asked um, about his bankruptcy how did you become bankrupt right and he says gradually and then suddenly <laughs> have you heard that I have that's a great it's quote brilliant isn't it isn't yes. it genius <laughs> and I have this theory that that's when th- things are going to end for you know, with with the with the restrictions, gradually, and or then gradually. Well, I say I say things are going to end. I think what's going to happen is, I think people are coming round, and but the media aren't showing any of it. There are protests everywhere. People are gradually coming round. It's going to get to the point where it cannot be ignored, and that's going to be the suddenly. So things are going to happen gradually, 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 gradually. There are going to be more people. Like the awakening, us. and then suddenly, it's going to be everywhere that people are, that you know it's going to. People are going to look ridiculous, and newspapers are going to, be, are going to look ridiculous. They're going to, are going to all look like comical Ali if they're having these headlines that everything's, you know, the, 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 everything's terrible when everyone's having a fantastic time, and then suddenly everyone. Well, of course, I was always against restrictions, and it will be oh, that. a bit like the end of communism. Oh, and, and everyone sure. asked, and they yeah, were always you, against you'll, it. You'll struggle to find someone who was for communism, you know. Yeah. If, if you went back and interviewed tw- even twenty years later, but. So I think it might be like that. I have this feeling that we're in the gradual bit now. Things, yeah. People, how close do you think we are to the suddenly? I don't know. I've no idea. It's months or years? At least months. Yeah. At least months. Even by the the quick standards of everything happening. This, right. This should still be a positive end. Um, sure. But I just want to. I want to ask you whether you think 
this isn't a this isn't a binary. It's not about the death of the corporate media, whatever we want to call it. Um, some vestige will probably still remain. But do you think there's any hope for them? Bearing in mind that they have gone along with all of this and everything government related, lock, stock, and barrel for for decades, hundreds of years. Do you think any organisation? that's currently being funded by these people that we've mentioned already uh, and are already indoctrinated and used to it, do you think any of them will be able to pivot to the truth? Or do you think this is, thank God, the end of that dominance? I think one or two, if they're early enough, will be able that to... have to be now. Will be able to... No, I, 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 I'm not sure. I just think you just have to be first. Ah, I think you just have to oh, be first that's called first or second. Uh, yeah, if you if you're the first newspaper to to suddenly go right, you know that's it. We were wrong. All the restrictions are bad. First mover advantage. Yes. So it, you just need to be first. So there might be one or two that do that. Yeah, but, but then the, the rest for of the rest. Silly. The rest. The, the, bear in mind, the rest of them were dying anyway, and this was oh, yeah. this was an absolute win-win for them because yeah. they were going to die they anyway. They were on the ropes. They, they were on the ropes. Their funding was going down. People weren't buying newspapers anymore. So it was like there's there's no there's no downside. To can this. you? So can you imagine a world where people aren't watching BBC News? you know consuming what is currently called the mainstream media the corporate press that 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 is the absolute minority of of people can you can you can you see in within the next year using the time frames you're kind of saying maybe within months or years maybe maybe not within the next year but if you look at things that would like- have to be that sudden awakening that you're talking about they would have to re- actively reject what they're currently being told through these outlets, wouldn't they? They would have to do what you and I have done, which is almost flatly refuse to read or consume any of them. Sure, it would get to the point where the funding alone from the government is not enough to keep them going, and they have to print the truth. I think the funding... They invent the money. or, or, Or what happens is they carry on, and they get ignored. Nobody buys them. Nobody looks at them. They're just getting paid by the government. I think that's what would happen. And, 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 and it happens that way. And then eventually the government will stop spending money because they'll be getting no hits. And, and yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping by that point the government have got bigger problems mm. because this mass awakening is against all the people that are, that are in charge, but not just the people who are in specifically in power, as in the ones controlling you know, a particular government. It's not just about changing parties, is it? No, but I so I think I think this is happening gradually at the moment. I mean, it is quite slow, but I think there I think there will be there will be a suddenly. I'm looking forward to that moment. If you've enjoyed this edition of Sounding Board, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcast platform and visit soundingboard.com to see all our audio recordings, videos and blogs. We don't want your money, but you can support Sounding Board by giving us a great review and sharing us with the people you know. If you have an idea for a topic of conversation, why not join us in our Telegram channel at t.me forward slash soundingboard. See you next time.